Greetings, my name is Mel, and this is Spiritees on a Tuesday, where I contemplate my random downloads in real time based on my real life, self-reflection, and a bit of contrast from the lives of others. These tea revelations are here to assist you in cutting through the noise of your mind and to consciously provoke you into diving into the depths of your own being. Let's see what this Tuesday brings. Before I play this episode, I wanted to just say that um, as soon as I recorded it, I listened to it back. Yeah, it's 52 minutes. Uh And as you hear in the episode, I sound really excited. But um, after I played it back, I um, started having these thoughts that uh, nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Those intrusive ones. Nobody's going to want to hear what you have to say, your opinion doesn't matter, you sound dumb, um, you're so sensitive, um, let that shit go, um, all of the things that were said to me, uh, externally before, and, um, moving out of the habit of that, moving out of, um, getting, like, knowing that, uh, my voice and what I have to say has intrinsic value that um somebody's going to feel it and somebody's going to hear it and somebody's going to get motivated, inspired um, to dig deeper or to expand outward with um, my knowledge and the work that I've done and me just telling my story. Um, so I want to say that um, just an empowering thing before uh, you dive into this episode is just that no matter what those projections were of you take those things that that people talked about that were too much um and 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 understand the goodness and the gift and the value in those um and uh that's it and i hope you enjoy the episode i am nervous today Ooh, my goodness. I don't even know why. Um, I don't know. I came, uh, I just got home not too long ago. Came home and just, um, made me some chamomile tea so I could relax my nerves and, uh, ate some pistachios and blueberries uh they were good right um they were really good and uh trying not to like eat so many that I forget my thought process because I knew that I was coming home to kind of um do this uh episode um and I'm actually like I got the blinds open uh to see if and when my son is coming so not necessarily on a time limit, but, um, yeah, no. Um, though y'all can't see my little setup, um, it's been a journey. <laughs> um, but, uh, soon, very soon, you will get to see, um, me set it, uh, just me set up. It ain't, you know, it ain't no razzle-dazzle on, but, it, you know, it's set up, but, uh, anyway, <clears throat> this is part two 
of the bags you carry. And I want to be completely honest with y'all. When I do add these episodes, usually they are off the top of my head. So I don't remember the last episode. And um, to be honest, I'm kind of digging this two weeks. Every other week, it helps me kind of debrief and get myself together. Um, But yeah, I don't remember what I say on the episodes at all. Um, So I go back and listen. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I critique, of course, but, you know, whatever. Um, But so every other week, uh, just some updates. I'm I'm chilling. (laughs) I'm cool. Um, Been very uh, low-key, I guess, a little bit, if you say. But um, overall, life has just been lifing. Um, and not necessarily in a bad way, but just in how life be doing. I don't know. Got a little groundedness going on here, I think. Not swaying. Um, so that's a plus. Um, you know, just making, just, just work and making some new connections. Um, so that is a plus. Um, I have some news, but I'm not really excited to share yet or really ready to share let's not say that ready to share um yeah so let's see i wanted what was it the bags you carry carry and ways to lighten your load and um i wanted to kind of break down a bit more of what i meant by that um, and it's not to say lighten your load is everything gonna be okay, okay? Um, because that's just not how it how life works or how um being intentional about your healing um works as the the things are unraveling, um, so to say. Um, and I hope that I give it some context. I always have a story, so. I wanted to share another story that um, I'm going to read a bit because I wrote it like on paper. So um, just some reflecting back besides the bags that I carry uh, full of uh, groceries and everything. Um, This one incident, um, I want to say how it, it, as I started healing and doing the work, it started to unravel a lot in my life and it took me a minute to grasp um I wanted to say one of the first times I guess in my life uh growing up you know it's like very uh sheltered very kept out the way in a way very um not knowing of life and what happens you know I was well taken care of to be honest um and uh I wasn't raised by my parents so I was raised by my aunt, which is my dad's sister. And in despite of, like, I've seen things, right? I've seen stuff, okay? Uh, when you grow up, you grow up. And it's not saying that I was raised by... I'm probably bouncing back and forth. Majority of my life from eight on till high school, I was raised by my aunt or whatever. Um, but I want to talk about a time where... um. 
I had experienced failure. And um, I'm going to get personal with y'all because that's just what happens, right? Um, It was with my dad. Um, So to be honest, both of my parents are in the higher realms. Um, They are my ancestors. They're watching over me. Um, Shout out to them. You know who you are. <laughs> I learned it from a podcast, but shout out to them. Um, but was was with my dad. So my mom had transitioned um in two thousand nine. And um, you know, later down the line, two thousand and thirteen, you know, my dad uh necessarily I got really sick. Um and I was twenty two, twenty three at the time of his transition, and I remember before that, you know, we found out, you know, he had stage four uh, lung cancer, and um, they say they gave him, like, six months, I think, you know how they the doctors be doing, and um, yeah, when that happened, that was the first time I seen my dad, like, cry, that shit was wild, and I'm 23, and um, yeah, so I remember, you know, um, at the time I was working, and um, yeah, I'm trying to remember it. Not that I don't remember it. That's what the brain does. It actually shuts you off to actually keep you safe. Um, and that's another thing I can't wait to like discuss. I have so much to discuss with y'all, but um, yeah. So um, he. You know, for those two months from, like, when I turned 23, like, two days later, we found out he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And then, you know, over time, like, over the, like, the, he died, like, two months later. So, over that time, you know, we had got all the information, all the doctor's appointments. Oh, I mean, not, yeah, and the doctor's appointments, all the, um... The information on how he was going to eat. He survived the surgery to get the fetus tube. How we had to feed him and give him all these different medications, pumping him up. Man, now that I know, baby, that is a whole nother story for itself, my God, you know? But how we found out all of that and how we were doing that, um, you know, he came, you know, of course, came home from the hospital had his feet and tube, had to feed him every two hours, had to give him certain medicine every two to three hours. We had, like, literally, like, a notebook of the things that we had to give him and what we had to do. And um, and I was working 40 hours at work then, and then I come home. I was off, learning how to change. Um, I took off one day, learned how to change the oxygen tank just in case the power go out. All the things to see it was on oxygen. Man, damn. Oof. You know, just thinking about it. And I remember, um, this not even a story, but I remember a time. Not the story I was talking about, but I remember a time. Um, you know, we, we, we lived in like a one-bedroom apartment, like a one-bedroom in a den, but the back porch wasn't insulated. So I was like out in the living room. I had moved with my dad when I was 18. And, um, I remember, um, being asleep and, you know, when you know, you know, 
I woke up and I found him uh, trying to flick the switch, the surge protector, I guess. So many things was on because it was like getting hot. It was like May, um, June. It was getting hot and 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 the and we had window ACs um, at, at the time and the and it went and the um, I was tripping up with my words, but the 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 sheesh god the power went out and i woke up and i all i seen was him flicking the switch trying to turn the power on and if i had not been off the week or so prior i would have not knew how to change the portable oxygen tank um it had to been like 12 in the morning not 12 12 30 somewhere in that time in the morning and i had to work the next day i had to get up at like what Four thirty-five, and I turned and um, I changed it, and I hurried up and put him in a car, started the car, so he get some air. Um, you know, damping him up, get him cooled off. Uh, it was because it was hot, and you know, got the and got the the air back on. But the plus, you know, plus was that we had it was a family building, it was four unit building, so I had a cousin. I lived across the hall, and I had an uncle that lived below me. So, you know, I had the assistance, you know, to, to check on him, to get him a car, you know. And that was some scary stuff. Um, Scary, you know, but, you know, we got through that. And um, um it's so much because, uh, you know, that's my, my guy. Um, and I don't want to, like, tap back and forth. But initially, um, I'll share that at another time, I believe. But I remember the time that I felt like a failure. So I explained earlier that, you know, we had to give him medication and all of that um, every so-and-so. But he had this patch, you know, in that time that you had to change every three days. And I remember, you know, he going to the hospital every day, getting his chemo, you know, ironing clothes, making sure he's straight, making sure that he got his insurance, making sure that was bull. Like, thinking about it now, oh, God. What happened was inevitable. But the knowledge that I've learned by healing myself, um, no bull, um, could have definitely assisted him in Maybe possibly if it could have saved his life, um, and, you know, and my mama. But um, yeah, so he had this patch that we had to change like every three days on top of doing all the things that we had to do. And I remember he got to the hospital. I remember my aunt texted me and she was like, yo, you forgot to change the patch. And I was like, oh, shit. I forgot to change the patch. Oh, damn. And I remember my dad getting on the phone. And he said, um, it's your fault that I got to stay in this hospital because uh, you didn't change the patch. Like, I got to stay. It's your fault. Man, telling that to um, a 23-year-old who, at the age of 19, had lost their mom, 
um, and some and a lot of other, you know, trauma beforehand, um, who still just was trying to do her best by somebody you love to say that it's your fault that I gotta be and I know and now I know like at um at um damn thirty three that um that was just a projection, you know. And I'm sure that my dad did not want to be in that space that he was in, that vulnerable, especially as a man, you know, that uh, quote-unquote weak, that fragile, let's say that. Um, And uh, that shit really broke me um, 10 years ago. Um, And um, that shit really tore me down uh, because... Um, you know, it's me and my aunt thugging it out. <laughs> and uh, and and not saying that, you know, of a family wasn't around, but you know, he looked for me or my aunt. That was who he looked for. Um because nobody was gonna do it like we did it, I guess. You know, I'm just projecting. But when you said that, I was like, yo. And I remember um Damn, okay, yeah, so after a few days after that, that shit broke me down. After a few days after that, he came home, but he was home on hospice, you know? And after that, you know, he didn't last. He lasted only six days after that. And um, that was wild. Um, because this is me being vulnerable again. I was the only person, it was me and the nurse, the only person in the house with him when he left. So I saw and I felt all of it. At 23 years old, Taking on the responsibility, such huge responsibility. Not saying that I wasn't with it, because that was my dad, you know? Regardless of what life had dealt him, regardless of what he had done um, for me, uh, or whatever, like, whatever our relationship was, that was my guy. My old man, you know? To the to the wheels fall off, baby. To the wheels fall off, and um, yeah, that was that was my first experience at failure. Um, and a couple of days later, after like my dad died, like two three days later, grown me twenty three old me took that. As like my dad wouldn't want me to be out here crying, so I'ma go to work. And I remember how I held that, and I did that, and I went back to work, and I worked through that because what life goes on, right? Life can't let you can't grieve out here. You can't take a pause. You can't take a break, baby. What? You can't take a break out this job. Um, it's not, that ain't feasible. And, um, 
that's that's wild because life do go on, right? But I'm 23. I don't know what to do. I just know that I just lost both of my parents in a four-year time frame. Um, and I just know that, you know, my dad blamed me. I just know that. I just know. And that was failure. And I realized how... Um, perfection or just how I mean, let me let me just move on a bit but how I held this standard of perfection now don't get me wrong I am uh I do the best that I can and I practice the most integrity I ain't perfect but my stature is very sturdy if that makes sense I don't know if that makes sense but I'm very um I'm very grounded in a way I really really honor um respect and loyalty right but um just just thinking I got the list (laughs) think about it now like I got the list I got the medication I'm on point yo that slip up quote unquote that not being on my toes carried me for years bro those bags those bags my g for years for years the heavy bags man and i realized moving on through that i um had um you know, I had a kid, you know, everything, pinpoint everything, I got to think about everything, got to do everything, got to stay on top of everything. And that was that. And I realized how I carried that as in um, not allowing someone else to to do something or, man, you can't do what I do by myself. Um, you can't handle this, I do it by myself. Um, and uh, how... Every I had to be dotted and every T had to be crossed and everything had to look and feel and be how I had put it on this list or it wasn't right. And how I had, um, if I slip up, I failed. And I remember that um, not too long ago during um, a really, really, um, quote unquote, unlightened place that I was in it was hard for me to grasp that it was okay not to be okay and it was okay um that you that I needed help and it was okay that I needed support and it was okay that I didn't have it together man do you know how that shit affected me to say no I cannot stay here it is not okay I mean the unraveling of finally now um dealing with that perfectional dealing with that fear of failure my G too manic how, how that just, woo, I was, 
the one of the hardest um times of my life because I could not see myself down. I could not because every I had to be dotted and every T had to be crossed and everything had to look how I how it was supposed, quote unquote, to look. And I still have an issue with that now, you know. I'm not perfect um, at all. But that really took a toll. That really hit. That really hurt. Because, you know, doing the work to do the best that you can and then have that in your face. Um, Because at the end of the day, it felt like my fault. I was so mad at myself for the way that I that I was going through this, that I could not get myself up, that I could not pull myself up, that I could not uh, stand on my feet. That was the bags that I was carrying. And it, I didn't realize that, honestly, now, actually, too, uh, um, now, you know, when I've started um, doing the body work, when I started doing, when I, when shit hit the fan, I it hit and I crawled out of that space by my intention my intention and being intentional with deciphering or figuring out or making sense of my logical self of what was happening. Could this be the thing that is happening to me? Man, it's stuck. And fight, fight, or freeze. Stuck in um um in in it all. Stuck, unable to handle everything that was happening at the same time because it was so much to unpack. And I carried those bags because my mind was like. Are you dead? No, you're not. So we're going to carry those bags from point A to point P. And as long as you surviving, baby, you straight. The wildest shit. <laughs> the wildest, okay? The wildest. And um, I'm still tr- doing my best to look at failure as a lesson and not that it's my fault like yeah I could do certain things or have certain things or cultivate the wealth or whatever the case may be I the thing that I am most afraid of is not having all of it put together and that is the wildest part that my eyes my eyes are not dotted and my teeth are not crossed that is the scariest part that I if I leave this earth not if I leave this earth. That's not, I'm not God. Let me take that back because I know words have power. But when it is my time to transcend, that transcend, I did not cross my T's and dot my eyes to make sure that my seed is okay. To make sure that my family is okay. To make sure that I did my best and I've lived my life. And when, and that doesn't require perfection. That does, that requires failure. And um, that was my, that has been the scariest thing Um, since that situation happened. And I'll uh, eventually, you know, more than likely talk about 
a part of that, but maybe, maybe not. But I was so afraid, like, you know, so I would take the weight of whatever, the responsibility of whatever, because that's what I was taught to do, or that's what my coping mechanism was, to take on the responsibility of not failing. What? That made me so not human. Because when you fail, that's where the growth happened. I fail hard, my G, of what I deem to be hard. Wanting nothing that happened in my life that people did externally was just in general was compared to what I had felt. And I remember carrying those bags out of survival to get back and forth. Because that's all I was doing was surviving. And that's 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 what I wanna break uh down that um and and, and it's different types of trauma, right? And I know that, you know, trauma, oh my God. But, yo, that's what we got collectively. So that's the narrative. That's what we're talking about. Um, you, you know, your brain blocks all of it off. Your brain is such a genius at it. Boy, your brain is the, the, that naked, you know? Um, and it blocks it off because it's just trying to get you to survive. That fear of failure, that fear of not um, being good enough, that fear of um, letting that go because something greater is on the other side, and this is me talking to me, is um, is what keeps you idolizing perfection. It is what keeps you um, in that space, and um, it's crazy. Um, because, like I said, oh, man, I don't know, I haven't paused. But when I started doing, when I was intentional about this, um, reading and researching and discovering what was happening to me and how I didn't, 2017, until now, all the books, get, trying to understand it logically, um, it was not happening baby um to a degree I had reached a a point a peak plateau to where I had to switch gears and I realized you know fight flight or freeze is no joke and I was in it for a while and when I got intentional over time even in my fight flight or freeze and that's the thing that it don't matter what you in you gonna find yourself you gonna find your way out that shit why because that's how you are destined I mean if you are right I know me I'm not sticking in nothing I'm not standing in nothing I'm not soaking in nothing and if I do I'm out of pocket something going on something wrong but I will be intentional about moving myself out of something that does not feel well to me if I gotta and I always say throw the whole kitchen sink if I gotta throw what I need to throw at it then I'm gonna throw it at it and I'm going to get to the other side with my determination and my intentionality. I'm going to get there. Right? So as I was in these spaces, of fight, flight, or freeze, during um, um, about, a few, like, what, a year and a half, 2021, so almost two years ago, I was researching, researching, what is this, what is this, what is this, what would help me, what will get me 
either to the next out or be able to process everything that was unraveling. And um, <clears throat> that's how I found, um, can I say, yeah, that's how I found Inception. And I'll talk eventually more about the, all the things that I've done, but that's how I was like, he was like, yeah, you know, describing trauma in a way that that simple way that that made sense because um, realizing that a lot of us don't know that we carrying around the trauma or trauma is such a big word or broad word but a lot of times we don't know that we're carrying around these things and not just in our mental but in our body that is stuck it's stuck these patterns these responses these what do you call it stimulus these things that is snapping us back because our brain goes back to those things often so we're carrying around all of these bags not knowing baby not knowing and Sometimes it gets so frazzled that it's so much to handle. And it get trapped. And when it get trapped, that is a muff. That is that is a motherfucker. Okay? But when I started, when I, I was like, I became relentless. And I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm gone. And I was still in that fight, flight, freeze. I had to get, I had to find safety. Something had to be my safety net. Something, something, something. I needed a footing because I was everywhere. I was zoned out. Um, and it's just me talking, but I was, I was zoned out, baby. It was time. So Makai just was on his own, babe. He bought, he bought five. And I'm dealing with the remnants of those things too, because now that, uh, finding, my footing and finding my space and finding the my getting back connected to my resources in a way um which is still still a thing over time that um I have to now deal with what had happened what how it how what I was going through had affected him and how now I have to you know um give him the tools or which I have but certain things I have to slow down to be able to get him to slow down as well because you know you're not out of pocket Makai's a very great kid but you know certain things I noticed and how what I was going through had affected him because at the end of the day he's with me you know and um but yeah so I start. I did um certain things I did the brain training thing that was the thing that got me neural optim uh brain training um, so I'll just give a quick synopsis. You put a, they, you put things on your head and, and there's different ways to do it, but this one was very easy. You put it on your head, you put it on your ears, there are sensors, you listen to music and it starts to help your brain necessarily, um, um, create new neurons, new, um, new neuron, new, new pathways, um, it helps shift your brain out of that fight, fight, or freeze state into a state of awareness, a state of um, when all of those thoughts and intrusive thoughts and the baby, they were intrusive. All of those things start to cease because it starts to help you relax. It brings you out of that and creates a more beautiful way of you looking at the world, if that makes sense. So I did that. I did... Um, Magnosphere. I was up in the air. Boy, I was in the zero gravity chair. I need to get me one for my crib. Um, but I was I did flotation therapy, sensory deprivation. That has to be one of my favorites because 
when you start to unravel, you pick up on. And I say unraveling in the most... I don't even know what to say. Easeful way, I guess. But you start to... uh, what I'm trying to say, you just start to, you st- when you start to unravel and that shit starts to do its thing, you pick, you pick up on everything. Because what happens is that your nervous system is like going haywire because now you are addressing the shit that, um, now you're addressing the shit that's embedded in your cells. Now you're trying to fix it. So why it ain't going to go haywire? You know? Um... Because you have to now give it new things and new resources or whatever to help stabilize it and help you. And that goes into deeper, deeper conversation. Um, but yeah, so I did those things. I did red light therapy to help with myself, to give myself energy. Man, I'm telling you, doing that shit, I lost a lot of, like a lot of weight, a lot of weight. Because my body was just trying to survive, bro. My digestion messed up my body, my muscles constrict. I was using all of my energy to simply survive. And that is the mind and body connection. And that is the most amazing shit ever when I research it. Um, Because just thinking about how in general, when I think about things that happen to me, I think about how a lot of people are going through that. My heart goes out to a lot of people. Shit, my heart goes out to my kid because that is something that I need to now start to get him on and start to help him unravel and deal with. And then, you know, getting him the support that he needs, you know, to able to process that and then able to integrate, you know, he's seven, but that shit still impacted. How Imagine how many kids or how many people out here that are impacted that can't, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that necessarily don't have these resources. And that's what makes it such a beautiful thing that I got to experience. And now I'm able to be on this podcast talking to y'all. Um, But just thinking about that part, you know, like doing that work and then coming home like, oh, excuse me. But mind you, you know, some it takes a while. So I, you know, it's so much that I can say, but, you know, I just was, I didn't have a way to listen to me. And that was my failure. So I felt like I'm probably rambling. I hope I'm not. But I felt like my failure, you know, I was mad as shit that I was going through it. You know, mad, angry, upset. That I'm out here in fight, flight, or freeze. I'm disassociated, man. I love my baby. Love my son. I didn't want to play with him. I didn't want to talk to him. I started homeschooling doing this shit. I was taxing myself to the point of no degree. The burnout happened initially before in a lot of other situations of my life. This jump took the cake, baby. But, um, and it's not to like just talk uh, about me, but when I did those things, you know, I came back and I, and I was so grounded in myself, um, you know, I wanted to walk. It was hot outside, right? May, late May. I wanted to walk around with my shoes off and on a on a concrete, baby. I wanted to cause my I wasn't so frazzled. I wanted to um to to you know, I started getting creative. I started I 
let me tell you, I started drawing, I started painting, uh, all of the things, you know, I started really like, okay, cool. But, you know, and, and other circumstances I had already like fleed the scene of another situation. So I was in a situation that really wasn't adapting, that really wasn't complimenting my, my growth in a way, but it gave me time to keep going. Does that make sense? So I did brain training on my own. I rented the machine for like two and a half months after. That was real. Oh my God, this episode about to be tight because I have so much. Um, I was thinking about it earlier. And I probably more than likely had started having all of things happen because of me being so stuck. So I was the cause of my own despair, disease, whatever, right? Um, When I started brain training for two and a half months, I did it like two to three times a week. I let my son do it once a week. And then time waned off, I started noticing nerves in my neck. My neck was aching. Um, My body was aching. So, um, man, my bladder was affected. Like, I'm telling y'all all my business, um, but it's the truth. And when we think about being stuck in those spaces for such a long time, we got to think about what... I'm very sensitive to everything, but we got to think about what happens to our body after we start to move out of them. What happens when we're in those fight, flight, freeze responses and what tends to happen and what effects will... What effect... Long-term effects, bro. Long or short-term effects when we start to move out of those bases that we have to now deal with. So healing is never ending, man. What I'm telling you is that when you start the work to lighten your load, that shit is just not mental. That shit takes intentionality. You have to start taking care of yourself. After that shit, afterwards, afterwards, my G, afterwards, because we don't know. And it's not our fault. We have not failed, right? So anyway, um, y'all, I'm giving y'all like inspiration in between <laughs> trying to tell my story. But anyway, um, what happened, brain training, at my neck and all of that, my jaw, all of that. I, I never really got headaches, but yeah. So when that started happening, I had got an abscess on my tooth. I was like, oh, shit, okay. I got it over and over. And during the time of, like, being before any other work has been done, uh, doing it, I, um, I, you know, had the abscess, but I wasn't paying attention until it had burst. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go to the doctor. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I got to go to the dentist. Um, And it's so much beyond. Oh, my God, it's so much. Oh, my God. I'm not going to unpack all of it. Because I really wanted to, you know, really, like, the point I'm trying to drive here is to take care of yourself, period, right? So, uh, yeah. And I realized that my tooth, I had, you know, I had a enormous bacteria that, like, in my mouth that was sitting there. um, Because I lacked the resources to take care of myself. In that time, I don't know if it, like disease manifests over time, bacteria manifests over time. You not taking care of yourself happens 
over time. The disease that you cultivate is over time. It is not in the present always. It is over fucking time. And I'm cursing because I'm serious. Um, So I was like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. I had to have that situation dealt with but if it was not for the brain training and me moving out of fight flight or freeze i would have never thought about taking care of my mouth and 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 it's so much more than that uh that how trauma trickles down or how things that you see people do that you do as an adult and how taking care of yourself is the most prized investment that you can make but and I know I'm probably going over, but it's just the bags that you carry. So me carrying all of this, you know, me carrying a feel of failure, me carrying a feel of like I ain't do this, me mad as hell that I'm in this space of um feeling all of these feelings and got a kid in here and trying to take care of him and the world is going to crap, quote and unquote. Uh and I'm like, I ain't got nobody here with me. I'm by myself all of these things and uh yeah so now a uh you know a year later you know but I stopped brain training in like two and a half months I um I um I did it for a while I was like let me deal with this nerve thing that I'm dealing with um or dealing with this tooth and giving myself time to integrate what brain training has done so then, you know, I, I got so much, but I wanted to, I'll take, you know, just go in a deeper dive. And the goal is that when you start to do the work and you do certain things, and I'm not saying you got access to go to Michigan and do what I did, but that was my choice and my coin and my intention was to go figure this shit out. But you have ways. Uh, it's flotation therapy here uh, where I'm from um, in D.C. and it's other ways you know I still do some of the things um you know as far as part of my integration practice in my everyday life but what I'm saying is that um you won't get to those ailments of what can be what you won't get to those things if you don't address what it is it's not all of it is not mental because it's a spirit body mind thing your body has connections to your mind. Your mind has connections to your body and then vice versa. You have more nerves in your gut than you have in your brain. So what is causing your brain uh, certain things is your gut, right? Your teeth is connected to many different organs, many different organs in your body. And that it goes and goes and goes, y'all. And I know that this episode is very long and and stuff but like I said the bags that you freaking carry baby they have to go and it is not an easy process so don't let me speak it like it's super duper easy because it's not it is over time but you have to start somewhere Love won't get you out of it, so continue to love on you in despite of whatever you feel like is your shortcomings, whatever you feel like is your um your 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 victories even love on yourself 
because when you start to do work and yes therapy works for people therapy can get through the parts of it but sometimes that deeper ingrained stuff that shit is all in your cells cells you probably have not cleansed cells of the things that you still hold on to cells of cells that are reacting from your environment you know that is epigenetic cells because your perception controls your environment, your life, your reality. But you you control you know, you control your perception. But the way you think and the way you feel and the way you act and the way you move and the way that you continue to be controls everything and no that controls the bags that you carry. You know? You can think it, you can easily switch it. That is the power of the mind, right? Me, I go all the way around the world. Before I get to this point, but body work is something that I would never not do. Period. Um, but I realized that you know, like I said, the work that I done, then then the stuff that I'll pass down, and now I have to fix. Now I have to give all most of the tools that I've learned to assist him, and so that when he gets older and he's around it, like he's seen brain training, he's seen all of those things, but the shit that I went through, he has to start to unpack. He has to get help for that. You know? And, um, it's been a journey, to be honest, you know, when you start to do those things and you you go to therapy. Because, you know, not then or while you're in therapy, because I was in therapy when, I was in talk therapy while I went through all that. And the lady was like, baby, you might not need me. you like your own therapist, baby. But, you know, that's not the case. Because I'm not shutting down talk therapy at all. But I'm, what I'm saying is that you got to be intentional about what work you want to do first. So you got to research these things. You know, I just took a different approach. And that different approach has helped me. A different approach is still helping me. Me still going on and continuing another endeavors and learning different things and picking up the things that work for me are helping me. They still come with me. I do red light therapy every night, bruh. I ain't brain trained. I want to. I miss brain training. Um, that shit was a brick of mine, okay? Um, <laughs> but they still come with me. You know, me cleansing and now me detox. I've learned the power of detox and that's another story. But that comes with me. When you start to open, like, what I, the work that, the body work that you do opens you up to such a space that you never knew. You really start to move out of um, post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. And that takes some time it could be quick or it could take some time because it's still a tug and pull when you come out of it because your body is so used to operating in fight flight or freeze for so long and it doesn't have to be one specific like crisis to happen literally you live your life you can be living your life every day like that and i know you know because you're used to trauma you're used to shit happening you used to Homie down, homies down the block getting shot. My son here. Hold on. Huh? Yeah, can I have a hug? 
Watch what you're doing. Oh my I'm gonna god. Look at it. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got you, okay? Mm-hmm. My bad, y'all. Um, but I probably lost my. That was my favorite person. <laughs> okay, give me one minute, okay? Alright. Yeah, so um, I'm about to be off here, y'all. The ma- the homeboy is home, and I gotta kick it with him before we lay it down for the night. But. I wanted to share, uh, yeah, so I was on a rant. I was on a rant, y'all. That shit is wild. I think it's okay to leave the episode here. What I wanted to say is, you know, um, again, what I said last episode, the bags that you carry, you know, um, they ain't yours. Um, they were just others' projections, mostly. Um, and that doesn't make you no less or make you make you no less than love, baby, you love. And um just being intentional with your healing, being intentional with the practices and not taking so many different things on hey, hey, one second, okay? Taking so you many s- things you sleep on my bed. I did. It was so, it felt so good. You should tell me that <laughs> Okay. Um but to do, to, to, I forgot what I was saying, but you know, lesser than love, you know, lesser than, um, you so much greater, so much larger in life. And yes, you, the way like surviving is what it is, but it's not to live in that all your life. Um, there are other ways and other things to do to live, and the world is out here, world, and okay. But the the finding the ease and that finding the safety in who you are and knowing that you can open your heart up now is the key to, to, to what I feel is the key to living a fruitful and sustainable life as much as you can because we all out here just doing our freaking best. We all out here just doing the best that we can without no manual. So um, give yourself some grace. Uh, give yourself some accountability and trust that you are safe with you and it's okay to begin to unravel those things and loosen the grip on those bags um because your life will be so it it can get so much fuller than that it can be so much grander than you he's running through this jump crazy it could be so much grander than you believe um it to be and uh trust that you know you will be accepted without with or without those bags but it's up to you to start to unpack them and um my kid is running in here like a banshee so i am out audi 5000 all of the things bye see you later Okay? Alright. <laughs> I hope you liked that episode. <laughs>